0: Utah, with your political and news host Bob McEntee, talk to you about the, the path forward, the way to go forward for Utah and America. We're going to cover both, you know, state and national uh, topics. And we'd like to thank Brickett's Potato of Ogden for sponsoring us. It's a whole meal and a loaded potato, I promise. And it's also a non-GMO potato, which is which is really better for you, by the way. We could talk about that too. I saw saw some good junior high testing. And I'll just get to that right now. It was a junior high science fair. I was one of the judges. And one of these kids, you know, had heard that, well, GMO, meaning genetically modified organisms, you know, fruit like oranges, has just as much vitamin C as non-GMO. She put it to the test, right? So she, she checked how much vitamin C, you know, there's a little test you can do, is in each orange. And guess what? The GMO oranges did not have as much vitamin C, not nearly as much as the non-GMO, meaning traditional, you know? So that's a real lesson I would say, because there's a there's a big lobby of the GMO food that doesn't want you to hear that. They don't want labeling on GMO food. They don't want any such discussion, but maybe the last bastion of truth is the American junior high science fair, right? Because the, the paid researchers are not gonna find that. Let me just tell you, they're gonna find what they're paid to find is the problem. That That's an integrity problem in America. But let, let's get started with a quote of the week and kind of a focus. I actually have two short quotes for you this week. Uh, the first is from myself because we keep running into this. And it's something I say all the time. The easiest thing to get is wrong information or bad information, however you'd like to spin it. What I mean there is sometimes people innocently tell you the wrong thing. You know They don't know or they have it mixed up or they didn't understand the question. So you get you get innocent misinformation, right? However, there's also disinformation, which is never innocent, and there's plenty of that out there, and we'll talk about it today. I don't think people realize how much disinformation is injected into our news cycles, um, into social media, and it's something you have to you have to put your filter on for, and and you have to ask who benefits if I believe you know this story, because usually somebody does. The second quote is something Jesus said. I think is really interesting. He says, I will not judge you. Your words will judge you. Well, isn't that interesting? He, s- he said your words. And, you know, people say enough things to get themselves in trouble one way or the other, right? And sometimes they, they apologize, right, or they realize they were hot, or somebody else realizes that's not normally how they are. We'll just let that go. But we'll talk about words and reverse speech today, which I don't think you're going to hear anywhere else, you know. No one else talks about reverse speech, but I think it's very interesting and very true. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so why did I mention that it's easy to get bad information? It's the easiest thing to get. People tell you wrong information all the time, usually accidentally, right? But but I read an article about Russian and Chinese bots that were, that were giving disinformation on Facebook. Surprise, surprise. Okay, we know there's some of that goes on. Um, it was interesting what the topic was, because remember when the virus broke out in China, did they say, oh, you know, just wash your hands. And if you think you should wear a mask, do, no, they locked people down. They literally locked them in their apartments, wouldn't let them come out. If people did come out, they had to be like in the full body suit, right? Because they knew this thing was bad, right? I think they knew this didn't come from a bat. This came out of a lab, right? I think they under- the Chinese appeared to understand what they were dealing with. They got the big trucks out with chemicals to spray. They freaked out, right? But I think they did it in kind of a smart way where they they locked down hard and fast, got it over with. Uh, But I think it tips their hand that we understand they thought it was pretty serious. And I'm talking about COVID, of course, back in, uh, is it early 2020 or maybe the end of 2019? I'm not exactly sure when that might've been 2019 when the Chinese did their, did their lockdown. And that, that wasn't really up for discussion like it is here. Um, but the Russian and Chinese bots, what was interesting is they were spreading mask disinformation. All this stuff like the masks can't help. I mean, are they an incursion on your liberty? Yes, they are. But do, do private businesses have a right to say, we want you to mask up or not? Well, unfortunately, I think they do. You know, I think they could also do it smarter. They don't always do it the smart way. They could say, you know, hey, uh, odd days, you don't have to wear a mask at Harmon's, right? I mean, they could just do this. I'm just picking Harmon's as an example. And even days, uh, we'll ask everybody to mask up, right? You could do something like that, kind of like adult swim, where uh, those, because some people don't want to wear masks for various reasons, even even because of past trauma. And it would be nice if we could accommodate everybody. But usually we're going one way or the other. And right now, the current administration, meaning national, meaning the president, they're very much for the masks. Uh, they're very much for trying to push these vaccines to to such a point you begin to wonder, well, why? I mean, nobody has to, like, give incentives for you to go buy a milkshake, right? Nobody, Nobody's offering $100 for you to, you know, take a vitamin C or vitamin D or something, but they sure do want to get this vaccine in you. And I think it's really interesting. But you should... I'd recommend you do that. You, you, you take a look at what are the bots telling you on Facebook. And the way they identify the bots is when they see a mass post, like, you know, in 50 different groups in, in the course of one minute, that's not a normal person just posting these things, right? That's that's some information bot spewing out what they want you to read. and they And they know how to start a fight. They like starting fights, right? They like to divide Americans. They like to make one side, like the masks are all bad and never good, and the other side, no, everybody needs to wear a mask, you know. And and they, they'll spread misinformation both ways. So you really have to filter what you're what you're talking about. Be be careful what you believe, you know. Um, now something that should be really apparent, we've kind of fast forward ahead to the solutions of the vaccine, right? You heard you heard Biden say that. You kind of heard Junior Biden, meaning Governor Cox, say that that the solution is the vaccine. Well, is it really? Because, I mean, my solution, solution, pardon, the two times I got it, was to let my immune system take care of it. And for me to help my immune system, a little extra vitamin D, a little extra vitamin E, a little oil, of oregano, um, a good lung supplement I found, you know, and and I I had a good friend, he died this month. Um, And he has the same health insurance I do, right? And yet when I couldn't breathe that well, I I look to a supplement because I was afraid if I go to the hospital, they're gonna over treat this, right? They're gonna go, we we make thirty five grand if we stick a ventilator in this guy, and they're gonna go, we don't know what to do, so let's at least make some money off this dude before he dies, so let's stick a ventilator in him. I was afraid that's what they would do, and I didn't even know what it was. February twenty twenty, I had COVID the first time, really bad, couldn't breathe that well, but I'm like, no, I think if I go to the hospital, they're gonna like kill me for sure. (laughs) So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the natural cure, and that worked for me. Unfortunately, my my good friend is just a couple years older. Uh, he went to the hospital and, you know, I still don't think they know the best things to do. They're not going to give you the drug therapies that seem to work that they gave the president, remdesivir, um, hydroxychloroquine, along with the natural helpers, you know, zinc, vitamin D, uh, those kind of things. And unfortunately, one of the side effects from COVID can be brain fog, right? So when you get it, I hope you have a list made of what you should take because you might not be thinking quite straight, or maybe your spouse or kids or somebody can can help you think of good things to do. Because if it messes up your brain, you know you're well, you're kind of handicapped there, aren't you? Um, now, what we see in America is a lot of companies are starting to mandate vaccines. Right? Uh, <clears throat> Biden wanted to mandate it, I think, for federal workers in the military, but he stopped short of that. He kind of said you should get the vaccine or subject yourself to uh you know regular testing whatever that means does that mean daily does that mean weekly are the federal employees and military they pan out of pocket um i think what he's trying to do is make everybody that hasn't taken the vaccine wear the dunce hat at work right so so you look like a moron that doesn't trust the science or something um i'm willing to put up with that I, i think others could be too but like google and facebook Uh, They're mandating it for their employees. Now, they may have some exceptions. I hope they do, because some people medically, they know vaccines are going to hurt them. They know they're going to have a bad reaction. And I don't think you should mandate that on anybody. Uh, But I also think people should have liberty of conscience, right? If they think it's going to hurt them um, or make them like a carrier and pass on a, a different virus to others, I think they should have the option to say, no, thank you. Of course, they do. They could quit, right? That's always an option but I think it's kind of nice to see employers and employees work with each other, especially when unemployment starting to get low again. Um, But Biden at least gave a workaround. I think that probably is some of the effectiveness of the larger uh, unions that the the federal government has. The postal union said, we don't want to mandate it, but we do want to encourage people to get the vaccine. I think that's an okay accommodation. Uh, Sometimes unions do us favors, right? Sometimes they cost money and they even cost jobs, But sometimes they can do good things. And I think the pressure from the unions uh, was a good thing because I don't think Biden wants to tick off his union buddies. And we'll talk more after the break about some news, about a big earthquake, and about what's going on in Salt Lake City right now. The American Legislative Exchange Council going on this week in Salt Lake. We'll talk about that after the break. With your politics and uh, news host, Bob McEntee. And of course, you know, I'm not the only host on Path Forward Utah. We've got Jamie Renda, uh, Ignacio Valdez, AKA Nacho, and Dr. Marcy, who talks to you about mental health, right? So we've got a whole slew of them, and you can check them out if you just um, search for the Fed by Ravens Media. You're, you're gonna bump into the path forward Utah. And that's what we're trying to do. There's, there's others too. There's the, uh, we have actually a conservative gay member that's on sometimes just, just to remind people that there are conservative members of the LGBTQ community that want Republicans representing them. Uh, and that's a good thing. And they're, they're, they're part of the base, you know? So um, we bring them in when we agree, you know, we agree on taxes and laws and that kind of thing. So, so we're political buddies, right? Uh, but back to, here's a little bit of news. And it, it, this one does dovetail with politics because, well, we have building codes, right? And what should the state or nation prepare for? Well, this week in Alaska, there was an 8.2 magnitude earthquake. That's a biggie, right? And and Utahns may not be that familiar. I actually grew up in California. And the earthquake scale, yeah, it's a little bit like the tornado or hurricane scale, except that it is log- logarithmic right? Logarithmic. Sometimes I trip on words, pardon me. But meaning, you know, the the 6.01 we had in Salt Lake City a couple of years ago, I'm going to, I'm just rounding off. It was somewhere between 5.9 and 6.1, 6.2, I think. But it really got people's attention. People outside could see like the roofs and the ground moving of the homes. Um, It was powerful enough. I felt it up here in Ogden and it happened down, uh, you know, just south of the airport there. But in 8.2, is about 100 times more powerful, which is almost hard to imagine, you know. Um, it doesn't mean it does 100 times more damage necessarily, but it's 100 times more the energy released underground. Kind of depends how deep it is, how far away it is. But an, 8, an 8.2 is going to bring down some buildings. if It happened on land. This one happened underwater. They issued the uh, tsunami alerts, right, and then after a few hours, they canceled those because, thankfully, it, it didn't go toward the shore, right, so we didn't have a tsunami to report about. Uh, but, you know, I, I think sometimes, well, there is a city, I think it's Houston. I want to say Houston, Texas has no building zoning at all. You can do whatever, right? So you want to put a gun range next to a nursery school, you can do it, right? I mean, they wouldn't allow that everywhere, but in Houston, they just, they whatever you want to do, you know, that's fine. You can do it. That's, that's kind of neat. But for national homes, you know, usually there is a building standard. How many outlets do you need? Well, that's specified. Well, kind of, can you use aluminum wires like they used to in the '60s and '70s? Well, no, because why? Because those start on fire, right? So they've they've made these codes. Maybe it'd be nice if you're doing a special build that you could get a waiver of some of those. I don't know; they seem kind of picky. But it does bring up a discussion of well, what scale should buildings be built to? And I think around here, some some of the newer stuff is built to handle a 7.0 or so, which is which is a um there's terms. I think great quake is 8.0 and above. And I forget the term for the kind of those medium ones, but that's kind of a medium. Six or seven is pretty solid, like medium well, right? If it was a stake, it's good. And the 8.0 is like well, right? It's like pretty severe. Um, But these are low frequency, but high impact things. So we have an 8.0 in Utah. There's going to be some houses down, right? There's going to be some that might even sink, right? If they're in the the marshy areas, if you have a sump up going, you might, your house might change its level, it might not sink all the way, it might sink three inches, you know, um, it's something to consider, though, and and yet when we build them, you know, because people get disappointed when the city says, yep, we'll give you a building permit, and then the then there's a landslide, right, they're like, hey, why'd you let me build there? Well, they don't always plan for the worst, worst case, right, they kind of plan for medium stuff, but I think with earthquakes, it, it, at least it's a fair discussion of what standards we have homes built to and maybe we change our materials you know wood prices really soared this year um i don't think concrete did though and concrete you can make some good homes out of concrete right you can still put the drywall on the inside and paint it on the outside and make it make it look pretty um i think and concrete homes are actually more efficient they're very quiet right you don't hear the car noise as much from outside Um, they'll take a bullet you know If you build it with the right stuff, there's a little research. There's these guys that invented an EMP-proof concrete by putting some magnetite and carbon in the concrete. And they did that so that this concrete would melt snow somehow. They were trying to build it for like, you know, walls and and driveways and parking lots and stuff. And they, they designed this concrete that does melt snow. It absorbs more energy. But it also, and they didn't expect this, but they stumbled onto it it stops an EMP to to the military standard. And you can even do this with spray on concrete. There's a special name for like spray crete, I think they call it. But you could spray this stuff on to an existing structure and and it would stop an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, which come from a nuclear weapon or from a powerful solar flare. And they're a little different, but I think that's pretty interesting. Um, Moving on, because that's also kind of building standard stuff. I, I think some government places, especially military, they probably should have the EMP concrete. And they said that this EMP proof concrete uh, is economical, right? You're just putting a couple different things in there that will absorb energy and, and ground it. Because concrete kind of grounds itself since it's, it's, it's permeable by water. So when it when it touches the ground, it, it grounds itself. It's not a great conductor, but it but it does it does contact with water and, and kind of stays not wet but porous. Well, I mentioned that because Israel is reporting that they think Iran could be finished making a a nuclear weapon this fall. They said uh, in about four months, a month ago, right? So pretty soon. And since Iran calls us the great Satan, I think we should kind of do what we can to prepare for Iran. So you can prepare personally. The the first thing you need in any emergency is usually water. I mean, you know, then then you can worry about shelter and food, but water is the first thing you need. So you need a filter or you need a pump or one of those like kind of little solar things that heats water. I think those are kind of neat. Um, Nobody's going to mandate that, but it's good to have some around or just have some water in reserve. It's best to have, you know, I wouldn't recommend you just take an old milk jug and fill it with water and call it good because your tap water is not that great of a source. But if you get reverse osmosis water or better, which like they sell at the stores for uh, like Winco, 30 cents a gallon, you get reverse osmosis. There's almost nothing in it. That that water won't get slimy. It'll it'll stay good for two years. You can you can pop it and drink it two years later. The stuff from your tap, there's no guarantee. You know, there's no really you don't know what went in there. And and critters like the minerals in there, right? They they can live better in that stuff. Um, <clears throat> that's just personal preparation. I I do like the fact that there's building now. I I told you before the break, the American Legislative Exchange Council, better known as Alec. They have an annual meeting, and this year it's in Utah, uh, which doesn't happen all the time. It's Salt Lake City. So our Utah legislators are down there talking with legislators from all over the country, people whose names you wouldn't really know, right? There's like Colorado state senators and representatives and stuff talking to our guys and from all around the country. Uh, if if you're not a legislator, you can go to it, but it costs over $1,200 to get a ticket. So legislators, it's, it's about half that round number. But I'll tell you some good news. I got a text from a, a a Utah state rep who's there, and he was asking me about hardening the grid stuff. And he was saying that he's on he was on the energy committee of Alec because they they break into committees, you know, oil and energy and technology and different, you know, a, a tax one and infrastructure, where they discuss these things. And they were discussing hardening the grid, which I'm I'm glad to hear because it's really high time we do it. Um, especially with Iran moving ahead on it's nuke. they even told us that they're going to go from 60% to 90% enrichment, so weapons grade. They're making weapons grade stuff. But also the sun is coming out of solar minimum, moving to solar maximum, and it's going to throw more stuff at us, you know, more coronal mass ejections, solar flares, solar storms, and our grid and our communications devices need to be ready for that just as well. So I'm glad that our legislatures are considering it, They need to protect the apparatus of the state, but also, I think, the grid. And utilities should start to go along with this voluntarily before the law is put on them. We can also talk about other issues they're covering there, like, for example, Utah has no statewide mask mandate. We'll talk about that after the (laughs) break. Welcome back to Path for Utah with your politics and news host, Bob McEntee. And one reason I am your host is I, I keep track of what's going on in Utah. So why don't I let you know what's coming up. Um, August 5th, that's, that's coming up. That's next week, Thursday evening. There is a uh, log cabin. Republicans are hosting a Patriot party. The price is free. It's at 7 p.m. in downtown Ogden, right there at the, the corner of uh, 22nd and Washington. In downtown Ogden, uh, not far from Brixton's Potato, by the way, and Utah Utah State Senator John Johnson, one of the more conservative members of the state senate, uh, will be speaking. He's very good. Uh, John's always good at taking questions. He's thoughtful. He's well educated. He's calm, you know. And he was a big supporter of the tax referendum, and that's I think what really got him at wanting to be a voice in politics. And let me tell you, every senator matters, right? There's only twenty nine of them. So it takes 15 of them to decide something, but only 15. And if they're on a committee, then, you know, bills don't get out of committee. They never get a vote, right? So they're all on different committees. So I'll tell you, each senator's opinions are very important. And those are those are key battles when the elections come, our Senate. So we'll have to see. Sometimes senators don't get challenged. The last time, my senator, he, nobody challenged him, right? Uh, other senators, that's happened, but stay tuned. I promise there, there will be some challengers and, and maybe not others, but we'll see what happens. We'll follow that. So later in August, August, uh, the end of August, the 31st, or possibly September 14th, I'll be conducting a free Zoom meeting, the price is free, on the EMP threat, electromagnetic pulse threat to the grid, and how to harden the grid, and it's hosted by the Alliance. That the time will be 7 p.m. on one of those dates, either the August 31st, Tuesday, or Tuesday, September 14th, uh, a little after Labor Day. Uh, that's a, that's always an interesting subject that not not many people are well-informed on that, right? There's some movies and books out there. Um, I've got the Air Force background to kind of know the deal, and I've talked to other engineers, and, and I will translate the engineer for you so you don't have to you know, fall asleep at the wheel or wherever you're listening from. Uh also in September, on 9-11, September 11th, that's a Saturday this year, yourhealthfreedom.org uh, is going to discuss ways that you can cultivate good health so your body can fight off the virus by itself. And they're going to talk about medical liberty, meaning, you know, if you think the vaccine's the best way to go, they're all for you. Go get the vaccine. If, if you think it's not, then they're going to say then, then, And you should resist it, right? You should find alternative means of readying your body to combat threats. And and Kristen Chevrier, she's on the State Central Committee with me. She's a State Central Committee member. She has been before too. Uh, Very calm-natured, very nice lady. Uh, She had a a son who was somewhat vaccine injured is really what got her interested in uh, warning people that there's two sides to vaccines, right? They're not They're not just all good with no negatives. Um, There's some known side effects. There's some occasional side effects. And so there's a risk-reward balance with vaccines. And that's something they'll talk about. They just want you to have the information to make your own judgment. I really like Kristen's approach. Um, And she's always out there showing good recipes, showing healthy food that's attractive to eat. Um, That's going to be September 11th. You can get your tickets for that, like I did, on yourhealthfreedom.org. Just spell out the yourhealthfreedom.org. And Kristen's a great advocate. She will show up at the legislature. And when, when they're debating things like should we have a vaccine registry? Should we list everybody who's had a vaccine who hasn't? And then we'll send the mailers to the, you know, to the, the slow learners, you know. She was there to say, no, we don't want a vaccine registry in Utah. So they were going to kind of sneak it in a bill. You know how they name it one thing, but then they sneak in a bunch of other stuff. She, she stopped the sneaky doctor, right? And she got the good doctor on her side. I, w- I won't name names here, but she got the good doctor, Senator. I guess I can name the good one, right? Um, <clears throat> Mike Kennedy. She got him to say, no, we're not going to start a state-funded vaccine registry. Okay, that's, that's people don't even know that they have to opt out of, right? We didn't want that violation of your privacy. I showed up to that one too, by the way. But Kristen's there a lot more than I am. So she is your health advocate, and your, your medical freedom, medical liberty advocate uh, so that you can do what you want. That, the medical realm is really, I believe, it's my body, my choice applies. I mean, not so much with abortion because that's somebody else's body, right? You don't have always say so on that one. You shouldn't. But on your personal health, you bet. That, that should be, your liberty should be uh, protected, I do believe. And Kristen believes the same way. So I hope you can make that one. Then the next month, uh, something new and something big. Friday and Saturday, October 22nd, 23rd. uh, There's going to be the first We Can Act conference. And we're working on the website. It's coming. It's not quite all the way there yet, but I'm still going to give give it out anyway. They're still working on it. But it's wecanact.net. And pretty soon you'll be able to buy tickets for that or or be a sponsor or have a booth. Um, We're working on locking down all the speakers we have. I think a majority of the speakers locked in. Um, and they're going to be people you know, and maybe some people you don't know, but they're experts in their area. Like Dr. Peter Pry will be coming to talk about hardening the grid. This guy's got it in his head. He knows he knows what needs to be done, right? He talks to people all over the country. He is the head of the National EMP Task Force, and we have uh, representatives from almost every state on that congressionally chartered uh, task force. And it was Dr. Pry's idea to, to set that up and keep it running. So that Congress would have input whenever they wanted to get around to this subject. However, since they haven't really been doing it, the state will do it. So anyway, the We Can Act is going to have people talking about election integrity, um, all kinds of conservative message messages that, that need to be heard, that need to be discussed. Um, health will be another topic Um you know, how to win over the youth to conservative ideas, because unfortunately, the younger you are, the more you like socialism. That's because you don't know that much about socialism, probably. But once somebody explains it to you that it, it never really quite works out for anybody, then you can better understand why why to resist socialism and and be a fan of capitalism, or as I like to call it, economic freedom, which does the most good for the most people wherever it's employed. And socialism does usually the most harm to the most people wherever it's employed, but they don't, they don't tell you that on the first date, right? That's not, that doesn't come up right away. You have to look at history. You have to look at Cuba and Venezuela and how miserable their people are, right? They're demonstrating in Cuba, even though they know they're in a police state and they know they can get hit over the head with a baton for demonstrating they're doing it anyway, just like the people in Hong Kong did because they value freedom. And they realize when they're about to lose it, that, Oh my gosh, we should stand up and, and good for them, you know, and now the Democrats don't want the Cubans in like we have because Cubans, we know they're they're coming from a communist dictatorship where they have a lack of freedom. And so if, if they could make it to the U.S. shores, we granted them political assignment. Boom. They get to be a legal resident, you know, whereas people come across the border illegally in Mexico you know, or, or legally, you know, they have to apply for citizenship. They have to apply for legal residency. They may or may not get it. But the Cubans, we gave it to them. Now, we wouldn't help them. They had to make it to the shore on their own. But now the Democrats don't like that. Why? Because the Cubans tend to vote Republican. Why? Because they have seen the evils of socialism and communism, the repression, and how they say everybody has free medical care. But if it's garbage medical care, which I guarantee you it is, right, then you don't want the free medical care because it's garbage. I mean, you might as well go to the witch doctor, right? You might as well just go visit grandma. She'd probably take better care of you. Um, Anyway, I would like some help bringing Dr. Peter Pry here to Utah. If you want to help bring him here with a donation of $10, $50, whatever you could do, that's utahemptaskforce.org. I'll give this out more. You can sign a petition to harden the grid to help the politicians realize that, hey, we should do this. You don't have to donate. You can just sign the petition. But you can also donate, and we'll use it to to bring Dr. Pry into Utah and pay for his airfare, that sort of thing. Um, I have another guest next week is the plan. Utah County resident Holly McClure, and she fought the good fight to resist mandatory COVID testing in Utah schools, she won. Now, can you get COVID tested if you want to? Sure. But what she was trying to prove the point, and she spent a lot of money to do this, to say that you can't be forced to have have your child COVID tested if you don't want to. Because some people are concerned the tests themselves can be harmful. I don't know if that's true or not. There's rumors of of bad things that can be transferred to you in the test. I don't don't really know about that one, right? And I, I love a good conspiracy theory, but I I just don't know if there's enough to really even go down that rabbit hole or not. But if you're concerned, you can opt out. And Holly's going to talk about uh, the legality of that, and it's probably the same legality that would apply if if they try to tell you you need a vaccine, because under Utah law, you don't, right? You can. You can decline vaccines. You can get an exemption, but not everybody knows that, and nobody has a big incentive to tell you that, right? But if you do know, get an exemption for your children, like I did, you can let them get some vaccines and not other. It doesn't have to be all one way or the other. It can be a mix, right? You can say, well, I want them to have the tetanus vaccine, but that's it. Okay, you can do that. You can exempt them from the rest. We'll talk more about local news and that recall in California after the break, which is coming up. We'll talk about the crime wave, the economy, uh, what's going on. And, and that recall, I just can't ignore it. It's so interesting. We'll talk after the break. All right. Welcome back to Path Forward Utah with your politics and news host, Bob McIntyre here, covering the politics and news of the day with you. Well, there's so much interesting stuff out there. It's hard to decide what to cover. But, you know, I will say that the crime wave continues throughout, especially the cities of the country and the murder wave. It's increasing. that That's a problem. And California, I've seen the video. Have you watched the news? Because you'll you will see it where in fact, these couple of women went into an Ulta, you know, the place uh, where my wife goes to spend a bunch of money on perfumes and cosmetics and stuff. It's a nice store, Ulta is, and their stock is just killer, by the way. UTLA, I think it is, or ULTA, pardon me, I dyslexia that one. Anyway, Ulta, um, a very profitable company, but in California, these these two women, because they know the law, right, they know that they're not going to get prosecuted unless they go over a certain amount, They went up to the perfume shelf and just started dumping all the perfume into their bags. Right. And they they seem to know that all the store representative was allowed to do was come up and say, can I help you? Well, they didn't need any help. They were they were cleaning out all the expensive perfume, but they're probably going to go resell it on eBay or somewhere. Right. Because they know they can't be prosecuted. And the, and the store lady, the clerk, she tried to just take one bottle away so they couldn't steal that bottle. They grabbed it right out of their right out of her hand, right? They're not even allowed, and this is ridiculous, but they're not allowed to take down these people's license plates, right, to so much as take a picture and then send it to police, right, which would be prudent because then the people might have some fear, at least, that they'll get caught and prosecuted, but they're just not doing it. And the problem is when you don't prosecute the little crime, Then you get the big crime, right? I mean, why not just walk up to some woman on the street and grab her purse? You know, it's not shoplifting. It's robbery. But, you know, it sounds like they don't want to bother, right? So they'll just just take the, you know, 80 bucks you got in your wallet and throw the rest down the sewer. You know, that kind of thing. It's just horrible. So I I think we're going to see, and I think this is going to hurt the California governor, Governor Newsom, and his recall. Because even if this is like individual police departments and cities and stuff – people are going to realize, you know, that the governor and the state legislature could crack down on this and say, you're you're not allowed to to nullify the law that way, you know, to say that shop booking doesn't count because we're going to have a lawless society if you do that. And they're already seeing it. You know, when you see brazen criminals just going in and cleaning off the shelves with, with no fear, with no care, they don't care that they're going to drive up prices with you and they're going to teach their kids the wrong way and they're going to do more. It's like it's like a bad illegal drug habit. You know, you're not going to just stay with drug A. You're going to go on to drug B and C, and you're going to be shooting needles pretty soon and end up homeless. You know, I'm just, but the criminal wise, I think that's exactly how it goes. If you, so, okay. I think I made the point. The other thing is, you know, we've got a lawless border too. We've got this porous border that allows uh, not just illegals to come in and to live among us, but it's easy for drug traffickers to get back and forth, right? And it's easy for the sex trade. And I'm talking about sex slavery. So there's people really upset about slavery 150 years ago when you know none of us can remember because nobody was alive, right? But it's historical and they, they want to be upset about it and demand reparations. What about the slavery today? That okay, so it's it's not you. It's right, it's not black people, but it's it's maybe Mexican women or Guatemalan women. That are, that are being literally bonded into sex slavery because they want to come across the border to freedom. But they but they have a thing around their wrist that says the cartel owns you. Well, how come the Democrat Party isn't cracking down on it? I thought they were against slavery. Why don't they crack down on the slavery that they're allowed? Oh, because they vote the right way. So we'll allow slavery if the people that come in vote the right way. Okay, well, I guess that's the trade-off they made. I don't think that's a really good stand, right? So I think people... Uh, should maybe consider the walk away from the party that that complains about slavery, but then on the other hand, fosters slavery today. That's hypocritical. That, that they're lying to you. They just want your vote. They're going to say whatever. It's like a drug dealer. They're going to say whatever it takes to get you to take the next hit, right? They don't they don't care about you. Um, but we care about you. And good law and good law enforcement, not over prosecution. I agree. We don't want people hassled. We don't want people prosecuted for no good reason. But, you know, every country has borders and for a reason. Otherwise, you just invite crime and you become an international park. And if you give away benefits, you're going to be a broke country really quick. We're already a broke country. okay? we're $28 trillion in debt and all we can think to do is spend more. So that's not going to end well unless we we curb our spending. We're already seeing inflation, meaning if you don't get like a 5% raise next year, you're going to fall behind more and more. We've already had some inflation it's accelerating. In fact, that was the economic news today. Um, and by the way, a little little hat tip for the uh, Utah legislature, I understand, they said, hey, let's, let's make it legal that we can hire non-citizens to be our police, right? And it wasn't just anybody, right? It wasn't just people across the border sticking a badge on them. They, they said, well, you have to be a legal resident, you have to be here five years. Okay, so they were trying to make it somewhat reasonable because police departments couldn't keep their people, But at the same time, while they passed this law, the market corrected itself, right? The Salt Lake City mayor said, you know what? I guess we better pay our police enough to stick around. And other sheriff's departments said the same thing. They said, you know, we keep losing them. We're trading them from, you know, Weaver County to Utah County or Salt Lake, or they're going to Nevada or Wyoming or wherever they're going. But we're losing them because we're not paying them. So let's pay a little bit more. And so I think the point is, The the need for the legislature to step in and say, hey, let's have non-residents police us or non-citizens police us, I think that has evaporated. So It's time to sunset that law or to repeal it because you know what? Any year we need it, you can put it back in place, right? And we can have non-citizens be our police, but I don't think you should do that except in an emergency, if ever. Let's just pay American citizens enough to be the police, now, here's a report from Georgia. Can I confirm it? Well, I mean, I can confirm I saw this lady's message. I can't confirm that it's correct. But she says they've been informed that in Georgia next week in August, there's going to be a COVID crisis. Well, isn't that interesting? Because it seems like if you know the crisis is coming, maybe you take some steps to uh, to avoid it. But that's that's not what they're planning on. They're planning on Sounds like some form of a made up crisis. Are they gonna say that ER rooms are full again or the intensive care units are full? Well, time will tell, but let's stay tuned and let's let's see if this lady's you know, two minute video where she at their hospital, they were briefed, hey, there's gonna be a crisis next week, just be ready for it. Well, what does that mean? I guess we'll find out. Um, I don't really like the fact that there's these planned crises, right? It seems like they're, they're trying way too hard to get everybody to take, take that needle in their arm. And I would say we need a control group, right? Did you know when I was in the Air Force, the Air Force still does not let the pilot and the co-pilot have the same lunch. Why? Because if somebody gets sick, well, you don't, you don't want both your pilots sick the same way at the same time, right? If one guy's sick, well, the other guy can fly the airplane. Um, I think it's kind of smart. I think it's kind of smart to have a control group. You don't want everybody taking the vaccine. You might have, what if what if people can't deal with all the variants in the future? What if they're just, we don't want a whole nation of invalids, right? That that doesn't work. So we need some people that have their God-given immunity, I believe, even if just it's a small percentage. But right now, less than the majority have taken the full vaccine dosage, right? Less it's still under 50%. So the majority is not buying it. And we've been at this a while. If they wanted a vaccine, they could have got it. Now a higher percentage has gotten partially vaccinated, something like 55 percent So okay, so majority. I've had some sort of vaccine, but I think they're saying, you know, I'm good with one. I think we'll just see how this goes. Now I think that's smart. These vaccines are not long term tested. I think a lot of people should be the control group. I think you should be the control group. Um, now the California recall—it's just too juicy to ignore. Um, everybody's running. If if when they vote, it's a two step vote, right? So first they vote: should the governor be recalled? And if fifty percent plus one say yes, then the governor is recalled. California has to vote for a new governor, which could be the same guy. That would be kind of that might be historic to recall a guy and put him back in office. But the the thing is, it takes 50 percent to kick you out of office, but it might just take 21 percent to put you back in office. So could he be both recalled and reelected? Yes. Yes, he could. Um, however, there's there's some conservatives running uh, like Larry Elder. He, he's a black American conservative conservative. Um, Really strong intellectual background and in conservatism and doing what works, because that's what Ronald Reagan said conservatism is. It's doing what works long term, things that you can always count on, right? You can count on businesses to want to have a profit motive. And I don't, I don't mean just a greedy, nasty profit motive. I just mean they're going to run it efficiently enough so they can sell you a car or pizza or build you a house or give you medical care and make a profit and stay in business so they can give the next guy a pizza or a car or medical care or ice cream or whatever. You get it. And Larry, Larry Elder understands that. He, he'd be a great governor. He's not the only one. There's, I think, a, a GOP guy that ran for governor before. It would probably be a good choice. But since they allow these jungle primaries of like 26 people are going to be on the ballot or whatever it is, uh, it could be somebody with 17% wins. And that's why Larry Elder threw his hat in the ring. He's all over YouTube, he's uh, a radio host. Glenn Beck had him on the air this week. Um, to end it out with a little economy news inflation is rising. Uh, it's, it's between 4 to 5% depending on the reports. And unemployment came in higher this week than expected, 400,000 claims. Pending home sales were down versus the small red defense, they are just too expensive, and it's not enough on the market. We'll talk about this and other economic and political matters next week on the App for Utah. Please join me today.